Hey everybody, Tyler from the Warehouse Podcast here to drop a quick note in before the start of this episode. As you can tell from the title, this is all about the starting rotation, and Jesse does a great job here of kind of breaking down where things stand for the Orioles following the Corbin Birds trade. Unfortunately for Jesse, he recorded this the night before we found out about the injuries to Kyle Bradish and John Means, and now as I'm recording this little preamble, we don't know that much about the injuries. Um, just to catch everybody up, Kyle Bradish has a UCL injury that we've known about, or the Orioles have known about for a few months now. He's received PRP injections, and he is starting to throw now. The Orioles have already said he's going to start the year in the IL. They don't exactly know when he's going to pitch, but the things are pointing in the right direction. And then as for John Means, you know, his injury history has been a little murky the last year and a half, two years. Came back from the Tommy John, pitched okay, actually pretty well. Not a ton of strikeouts, but the numbers, the high num- high level numbers were pretty good. But then missed out on the ALDS due to another injury. Sounds like the Orioles told him to slow play his um, ramp up to the 2024 season. And now he's about a month behind the other pitchers. So Brandon Hyde said he'll pitch in April. But, you know, we'll believe it when we see it sort of situation. So obviously, if either one of those two misses significant time, then the Orioles rotation doesn't look nearly as good as we thought it did just a few weeks ago, which is a real bummer. Um, and, you know, d- that that opens up the, the normal question or the rational question of what are they going to do then? Are they going to address it by trading for somebody? Are they going to sign Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery? Um, we've already heard rumors about them being interested in Jesus Lazardo. Um, who knows? We've got another month and a half of, between now and opening day, so you'd expect the Orioles to do something, but... As we record, we don't really know about that. And when Jesse recorded his episode here, he didn't even know about the injuries. So please enjoy today's episode with the understanding that Jesse was operating in a time before we knew uh, of these unfortunate injuries to Bradish and Means. And, you know, maybe they're not as big of a deal as we think they are right now. Um, And in that case, then let's travel back to (laughs) just a few days ago and be in the ignorant bliss um, that Jesse got to record this in, uh, un- thinking that the Orioles had an elite rotation on opening day, which doesn't quite feel that way anymore. But anyway, just wanted to give that context. Uh, enjoy the show. Give us a like, follow, subscribe, all that jazz. And um, yeah, talk to you later. Welcome back to the Warehouse Podcast. My name is Jesse. I'm going to be the solo host for this episode today. And I'm going to be talking about the Orioles starting rotation. Uh, of course, This is a major uh, point of excitement for Oriole fans this upcoming year, in addition to the Orioles just expecting and hoping to be really good this year. um, The addition of Corbin Burns has accelerated the excitement of Oriole fans um, and uh, accelerated excitement in particular of this starting rotation. We had a top half of the rotation last year. Um, And with the addition of Corbin Burns and hopefully some other positive factors that will be uh, influencing uh, the Orioles starting rotation in a positive direction, the Orioles can really take uh, this starting rotation to the next level to just become dominant um, this upcoming year in 2024. So I'm going to be getting into basically how good uh, I expect this rotation to be who I expect to be in the starting rotation on opening day uh, for 2024. Um, And yeah, what I think we can expect uh, as Oriole fans and what we can hope for. 
assuming health, uh, I think it's fairly certain heading into opening day uh, what our rotation will be. Um, I feel pretty strongly uh, that it is going to be Corbin Burns, Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, John Means, and Dean Kramer. Um, and I'll get into why. Uh, obviously, the first three names, uh, Burns, Bradish, and Rodriguez, don't really need any defense or explanation as to why they are going to be in the rotation. I think basically all Oriole fans can agree on that. However, I'm also very confident in Means and Kramer um, being the four and five starter. Um, so just to start off with Means, why I feel very confident he'll be the four. Um, just simply, he has too much upside to not give a legitimate chance to in the rotation for the upcoming year. Uh, obviously, uh, John Means used to be uh, the Orioles ace of the rotation, um, and if he can replicate something like his 2019 or 2021 season, uh, he would be an outstanding uh, number four starter for us. Of course, what a number one, what a number two, what a number three starter is varies a little bit. Sorry, a number one starter on a bad team is going to be a number three starter on a really good team. Um, Grayson Rodriguez, who's going to be our three would certainly be some aces uh, or at least number twos um, throughout some of the league. Um, so they're not firm definitions as to what each of these, uh, what a number two or what a number four, et cetera, et cetera, is. But um, if John Means returns to form um, and he can sort of replicate uh, those really, really good seasons he had, um, he, I mean, he would just be excelling as a number four starter. Now, of course, he's pretty removed from that. Uh, that's maybe a lot to expect uh, out of a guy who just made a few starts at the very end of the year last year, but was basically on the shelf the entire season and uh, has not pitched for a long, long time prior to that. So um, it's going to be a lot to sort of expect that out of him. But if he could find a way to get back to that, that would just make an outstanding rotation. Um, John Means is really the X factor in this rotation when we're looking at it. Um, I think he is going to have a lot of influence over just how good this starting rotation is. Uh, if he does put up a good, good season, he can really turn this rotation um, into something that is absolutely stellar. He is, I think, the most uh, unpredictable of any of our starting rotation, and I think he really um, will make a big difference as to whether, as to how good this rotation actually is for 2024. Um, but I think that why I'm so confident uh, he'll be in the rotation is because the Orioles have to give him a chance to return to form. If he doesn't do it and we have to find a different role or he gets slid down to the fifth spot or something like that, all those are possibilities that could happen. But this team has to allow John Means to return to form and see what he can do um, because there is too much potential uh, to not give a full opportunity to um, if he were to find a way to be the old John Means that we know that he can be. So I'm very confident that he's going to hold the number four spot down um, in the rotation. 
And sort of for a different reason, uh, I think Dean Kramer is almost certainly going to be the five starter in the rotation. Um, and actually for a very different reason than why I think Means will be the four starter. Um, but basically, I think Kramer will be the five starter because he's too reliable. Um, on this podcast, I think we've referred to him as the perfect number five starter. Um, and he basically is. He pitched 170 uh, plus innings for us last year with around a four ERA. And 170 innings is especially in this day and age is great for a starting pitcher for a number five starter. Um, it's even better. And that is particularly outstanding. His four ERA is fine, more than good enough. Um, and he has um, some real stretches um, while he's pitching where he does do really well. So um, there were multiple times he strung together five starts last year where it would seem like he went six, seven innings, one, two runs, something like that um, on a consistent basis for a few a few starts in a row. This 170 innings also, um, he wasn't a five for us last year, uh, at least most of the year. Um, if everyone remembers, he was our number three pitcher when it got to the playoffs. And of course, he didn't do very well. Um, and that's forgettable. And of course, we would like to attribute that to something like fatigue. Hopefully that's it. Or um, it was something like uh, to the effect of him tipping pitches. That was a theory Tyler uh, presented, which was definitely a possibility. Um, but theoretically, um, if he were to get pushed down from the four or to the five spot in the rotation, that 170 plus innings he pitched last year potentially has a possibility of growing um, a little bit for the upcoming year. Um, if you take a, a game, for instance, that uh, Kramer was pitching in last year as a four starter and it was a one to one game heading into the seventh. Um, Hyde may pull him out in a situation like that, right? Um, because, you know, it's a close game and we don't want to allow the leadoff guy to get on or something like that. But if he is now the five starter in the rotation and because the O's uh, were hitting against a weaker opposing pitcher and they now have a 4-1 lead um, instead of a 1-1 tie game, Right, that might allow Hyde in certain situations to give Kramer a longer leash. So even though 170 innings is great, and if he just replicated that as the five starter, I think all Oriole fans, every you know, we would take that. We would be more than happy for that. But I even think that that 170 innings has a little bit of room to grow. Now, of course, I will say it is worth saying in order for a starting pitcher to throw 170 innings in a single season you know there are a certain number of things that have to go right in order for that to happen um health being the the main one of course um but even with that said um if he is able to stay healthy i do think that 170 innings could even expand um going into next year so we will see um, but even if he replicated it, even if he has the same exact season that he had last year, um, that is more than good enough. And because he is such a durable pitcher, I think he is going to be the guy that the Orioles give it to as the number five starter come opening day. 
So, of course, there are a few other considerations, and I'll get into why I think that they won't be in the starting rotation. Um, but if you're looking at some possible considerations, some of these have more of a possibility. But again, I think none of them really have any strong possibility of cracking the starting rotation. Um, and I'll go down and explain why for each of them. But we can look at Tyler Wells, Cade Povich, Chase McDermott, and Cole Irvin. These are guys that theoretically could make uh, the starting rotation, but I do have real um, reservations about why any of that would happen. Um, so I guess we could start with Tyler Wells. Um, even though uh, Tyler Wells was nearly an all-star last year, uh, the first half of the season, he didn't make the all-star game. But of course, in the second half, he sort of fell apart. He wore down fatigue. His body kind of fell apart um, and he wasn't able to sustain that over the course of the entire season. Um, so if we're looking at um, Tyler Wells, um, he also has had real, real success um, in the bullpen historically. Um, of course, he was closing games for the Orioles, um, I think even just a couple of years ago. Um, he was one of the, the the closers and he racked up some saves for the Orioles. He can establish himself in many different roles in the bullpen. He could be a long guy for the Orioles that gets spot starts for us, or he could be a back end of the bullpen sort of piece where um, we call on him in the eighth inning to get some critical outs. Um, either of those are possibilities. And not only are either of those possibilities, he might do both in this season or he might do some of everything this upcoming season where um, I think he probably is, uh, especially if he is rested, it's toward the beginning of the year. Um, he is stretched out, which I imagine he will be uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, I think Tyler Wells is first in line to make a spot start, but because um, Means and Kramer are more true starters um, and because Tyler Wells has this versatility about him um i think kramer could be a bullpen piece theoretically um but he hasn't proven that uh especially not to the degree and not to the um usefulness and utility that tyler wells has proven his ability to be a bullpen piece um means and kramer are sort of uh, more true starters uh than wells uh than wells is so um, and they don't have any bullpen experience for the most part. So, um, I mean, I'm not discounting the possibility they got into a game or something out of the bullpen. But overall, they don't have any bullpen experience. Um, and as as opposed to Wells, who who does and who's very good in the bullpen and has been good in the bullpen. Um, that's why I feel m very, very confident that it's going to be means or and Kramer that get those starting roles and Wells will be put in the bullpen um, and then maybe occasionally getting spot starts over the course of the year. So moving on to Cade Povich, um, obviously Cade Povich is a real talent. He's one of the best Oriole prospects. Um, and when I say that, obviously we have a lot of really good prospects, but he is really, really highly esteemed in the Orioles organization um, and uh, the reason why uh, Povich, I don't think, will uh, make the major league uh, or I'm sorry, will make the starting rotation um, out of uh, on opening day um, is because, I mean, for one, if on a very superficial level, um, if we just 
look at his numbers at AAA last year. Um, he had a 5.36 ERA, which is difficult to justify promoting somebody who had a 5.36 ERA last year. Um, he had a bit over a K per inning. Um, in Double A, his strikeout numbers were outstanding, of course, and it was much more than just above one K per inning. But in Triple A, it was a little above one K per inning. Um, but yeah, the 5.36 ERA at Triple A. Um, it's, it's even if he comes in and he has a great spring, it's going to be hard to justify, um, booting either means or Kramer from the rotation, um, in order to insert Povich. Um, and, you know, thinking about this Orioles team, this is not an Orioles team of the years past where guys in the minors who weren't, uh, really either ready or even talented enough for the majors, got promoted uh, to the major leagues due to a lack of depth uh, or desperation out of the Orioles organization. Um, the Orioles have been extremely conservative uh, in accelerating players through the system and promoting guys to the next level. Um, and the Orioles have an expectation that you really need to perform and demonstrate um you basically have to show that there's no room for improvement at the current level you're at uh, before being promoted to the next level. Um, so I don't see somehow Povich making the rotation. Uh, Povich is 23 right now. He'll be 24 in April. Um, so there's really no reason to force him up to the majors yet. Um, and of course, everything I'm saying here, um, there's no reason to be real negative on his long term outlook. Um, but I feel like it's almost certainly too early for him to hold down um, a spot in a major league rotation. Uh, if we look at Chase McDermott, um, McDermott is closer to the majors um, than Povich is. Um, and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's a year older um, then Povich, um, and he did actually pitch well, uh, in triple a last year. Um, although it was 50 innings over, um, across eight, eight starts. Um, and he had 64 K's, uh, in those 50 and two thirds innings. Um, and he had a 1.01 whip, which is great. Um, and those numbers, um, if you were directly to take them to the major leagues, I mean, that would be outstanding. Of course, doesn't exactly work like that. Um, but diving a little deeper, um, the biggest concern is probably the walk rate, um, which was almost four and a half per nine. So like one every two innings, um, so before he comes to the majors, especially as a starter, um, you would like to see that number drop a bit. Um, and that number translated to the major league level uh, would not be sustainable for long-term success. Obviously, with the plate discipline, the better hitters, et cetera, it would probably be worse uh, if he was the same pitcher coming up to the major league level. Um, but you think about um, there are so few pitchers uh, in Major League Baseball and even less starting pitchers that can get away with having a walk rate like that um, because it amounts to just too much traffic on the bases over the extended number of innings. If you're a reliever and you come in and you allow a walk, you might be able to get around that a lot easier um, than being a starting pitcher and going out every few innings and having traffic on the bases. 
Now, McDermott was able to keep his whip so low uh, because he gave up so few hits at AAA. Um, but even despite that, his walk rate was too high. Um, if he cut his walk rate down a lot, he'd have a sub one whip. And I mean, that would be a great recipe to be promoted to the major league level. Um, so I think it is uh, reasonable to expect that McDermott will, you know, get some spot starts um, over the course of this year. And uh, he has numbers uh, that are closer to warranting a promotion uh, than someone like Povich at this point. Um, and it makes sense because he is a year older, um, so he is a little more primed and ready, I think, to um, make the majors and, uh, and to make um, spot in the, in the rotation. I think it is reasonable to expect that McDermott will get some spot starts over the course of the year. Um, but in terms of making the rotation on opening day, uh, I just can't see him being in the rotation. Um, and then lastly, uh, Cole Irvin. Um, so Cole Irvin, the thing about him, uh, we know what he is. He's a little more volatile uh, for the most part than somebody like uh, Dean Kramer. Um, I I don't see him. We I think we sort of know what Cole Irvin is at this point. I think he will have a role on the major league team. Um, but in terms of him outcompeting Means or Kramer, uh, for one of the opening day rotation slots. Um, I don't think that is really uh, a possibility. Now, as far as Cole Irvin, uh, Cole Irvin um, did have two good years uh, for Oakland uh, where he pitched about 180 innings uh, in each of the two years. Um, and he's not too far removed from that. Um, he's only two years away from that. Um, the thing about Cole Irvin is that uh, the upside is just not there. I think we sort of know what Cole Irvin is, and there is more. Uh, well, one, there's more possibility, I think, that Cole Irvin goes wrong um, than somebody like Dean Kramer. And the upside for Cole Irvin is not the upside that I think Dean Kramer presents. I, I'm not even positive that... Uh, Dean Kramer like last year performed at the best of his ability. I think he could shave off um, another half run or so on his ERA or at least a quarter of a run on his ERA. Um, so I think that's definitely possible for someone like uh, Dean Kramer, but Cole Irvin pitching 180 innings over the course of the year. Um, if he were to do that and if he were to be able to stay in the rotation long enough to be able to do that, I don't think that um, at the end of the year he would um, I would rather take my chances with Dean Kramer's 180 innings over the course of an entire season that I would go with Cole Irvin's 180 innings over the course of an entire season. So um, he is a good depth option to have um, in case the Orioles are in a situation where we face an injury or something like that. But I don't see him taking a spot from Dean Kramer. There is some precedent for this as far as Cole Irvin is concerned. We can look to just last year, um, and the Orioles preferred Dean Kramer in general over Cole Irvin. Um, Cole Irvin did make 12 starts last year. Um, at certain points, they were sort of rocky, um, and he struggled a bit. 
Um, but yeah, we can look to even just last year and, you know, Dean Kramer did not give us any reason last year to not have him be uh, a starter in the rotation this year. So I don't see Cole Irvin taking Dean Kramer's spot, um, as far as, uh, a starting pitcher this upcoming year. So just sort of concluding the starting rotation, um, just thinking about these five spots, um, you know, it's sort of the combination of the upside and potential of means and the durability of Dean Kramer and sort of the lack of options um, of guys that are sort of pushing up against him. Um, Wells makes too much sense in the bullpen in a way that the other guys don't. Um, and Povich and McDermott are just a little too far away. And Cole Irvin, um, compared to someone like Dean Kramer, is just not uh, the the caliber of pitcher where I think he's going to overtake Dean Kramer um, in a rotation. So it's those it's those things uh, in combination with with each other that make me as confident as I am that it is going to be uh, Burns, Bradish, Rodriguez means uh and kramer uh as the five starting pitchers uh on opening day so if you're looking at the zips projections as an oriole fan it can be a little difficult to look at Uh, i don't want oriole fans to get too discouraged looking at the zip projections um it is really important to keep in mind that um the zips projections looks at uh Oriole pitchers the last few years uh, and all pitchers and all players when they're making their assessments, they look at their stats over the last few years. Um, And of course they weight the more recent years um, than the previous years. Um, But uh, if for instance, somebody has a breakout year and they are fundamentally a different player or a different pitcher uh, pitcher in this case because that's what we're talking about if they are a different pitcher than they were the prior years well that's not really going to be accounted for in the zips projection and somebody like Kyle Bradish who had a breakout season last year with the Orioles um, and even at looking at someone like Grayson Rodriguez who it's not really fair to say he had a breakout season last year but he definitely had a breakout second half of the season last year um, if you're looking at a couple guys like that, who the Orioles definitely coming up are going to be so reliant on in the starting rotation this upcoming year. Um, if you look at zip projections for players and pitchers like them, they're not going to look at them too favorably. Um, now, granted, Oriole fans are banking on the fact that Bradish is fundamentally a different pitcher, which I think he is than he was two years ago. And we are banking on the fact that uh, somebody like Grayson Rodriguez can uh, put together a full season, uh, somewhat resembling the second half of what he had last year. Um, So uh, the Orioles fans uh, in order for our rotation to be really good, we sort of need those things to happen Um, And we can't have uh, if people like Bradish or Rodriguez um, sort of uh, revert to what their Zips Zips projection uh, is going to be uh, for the upcoming year, uh, then, uh, you know, this rotation might not be as 
uh, glowing as we hope it will be. Um, I think that uh, it is important to not get overly concerned with the Zips projection because um, I think uh, the Oriole pitchers have changed. They sort of have evolved into new pitchers. Um, so I think emphasizing those previous years uh, where they were still learning and still trying to find their way in the major leagues, isn't that useful and isn't that helpful uh, for um, thinking about what the Orioles rotation will do this upcoming year. Now, with that said, even though I do have a lot of optimism about the rotation this upcoming year, um, we are also hoping that these young pitchers um, sort of do perform to the level um, of their peaks or of what they are really, really capable of um, and don't revert too much below that boundary. Um, of course, I think Bradish, we can expect a little regression with him this year. Maybe he's not going to have under a three ERA like he did last year, but it'll be 320 or 315 or something like that. We could definitely handle that and deal with that and, uh, adapt and um, that's not going to be too much of a setback for the Oriole uh, if that's the kind of pitcher he he is this upcoming year um, but as far as Grayson Rodriguez I know I said means was the X factor um, Grayson Rodriguez is um, I would say uh, the second X factor uh, in the Orioles rotation uh, behind John Means um, Grayson Rodriguez he had a great second half um, we know what he's capable of. We've seen him pitch when he's really, really good. Um, but it's really about him staying healthy over the course of the year. Um, and then uh, basically being able to perform how we know he's able to over the course of the year um, without having, you know, it's okay if he has a bad start here and there um, or on occasion, but we can't be looking at a month uh, or a couple months of a bad Grayson Rodriguez uh, without starting to wonder or think about if this Orioles rotation will live up to what we're hoping that it will. If you think about some of the other rotations in the major leagues, you look at like the Dodgers and they're probably going to have Yamamoto and Bueller and Miller and Glass now, right? Um, you look at uh, the the Braves, who are also excellent, right? And they're going to have Max Fried and Charlie Morton and probably Chris Sale and Bryce Elder and Ian Anderson. Um, so when we're thinking about, you know, what are the stellar rotations in the major leagues, there's not a big drop off um, when thinking about, you know, our rotation as opposed to some, you know, the Dodgers or even the Braves. I mean, this could be a really, really good rotation. Um, the Orioles last year were 11th uh, in ERA for starting pitchers last year. We had a 414 overall, 414 ERA overall. Um, so we were like the top half of the league, almost the top third of the league last year. Um, and last year, uh, the strength of the pitching staff was really the bullpen. Um, and we are thinking that that will probably be reversed this upcoming year. Um in large part uh, because of the loss of Bautista and we traded DL Hall, who we expected to be really, really uh, useful for the Orioles this year. 
Um, but we also, of course, added Corbin Burns. Um, so, you know, we really are thinking um, that the Orioles starting pitching is going to be this the big strength of the, the pitching this year. Um, and hopefully we're going to have guys that go into deeper, that go deeper into games. Um, hopefully we have, we pitch more innings as a starting rotation than we did last year. I think that's a reasonable expectation, especially with the addition of Burns, who is going to eat close to 200 innings if things go well and barring injury. Um, so yeah, just sort of thinking about that, um, you know, I think it's reasonable to hope and to expect that with the addition of Burns, uh, with uh, a full season of Grayson Rodriguez having become the pitcher that he sort of is and can be, um, and the return of a productive and healthy John Means, um, I think it it could very well be a top five starting rotation in the major leagues. I also don't want to underestimate sort of the Orioles ability if there is injuries and stuff like this to sort of adapt to the situation. Um, Tyler Wells can be a very useful addition to the starting rotation if necessary. Um, I think uh, if all of these five opening day starters throw from 150 to 180 innings for us this upcoming year. Um, I think that we definitely are in prime position to be a top five rotation in the major leagues. And that might be underdoing it a bit. Uh, that might be underselling it a bit. It could be a top three rotation in the major leagues. Um, that is very, very possible. Um, now, of course, that's sort of you could argue, well, if all of our top five pitchers stay healthy the whole year and throw X number of innings, right? I get that. And that might not be realistic to expect John Means to throw 150 innings this upcoming year, um, even though that would be fantastic if he did. Um, but uh, I, I'm just sort of giving an outline and a recipe for how the Orioles could be able to to break into that top five and establish themselves as a dominant dominant starting rotation um this upcoming year if things go wrong and the orioles don't end up cracking the top five i think definitely it's pretty safe to assume we're going to be in the top 10 given that we were 11th last year and given that you know we have these young guys we expect uh, to make improvements. Um, obviously, I talked about Bradish potentially regressing a tiny bit, but overall, over the course of the season, I think it's very fair to say that um, Grayson Rodriguez will have a better year than he did last year. Thinking about the return of John Means, um, you know, I think there's a lot of reason for optimism uh, for this rotation and for improvement. So I think. I think saying that the Orioles will be a top 10 starting rotation um, is pretty safe to assume, barring some sort of disaster. If the Orioles are not in the top 10 in starting rotation by the end of the year, something will have gone tragically, tragically wrong for this starting rotation. The scenario in which the Orioles don't make the top five starting rotation is, yeah, if John Means gets hurt almost immediately in a situation like this, if John Means is out in May for the rest of the year or something like that, um, or uh, if uh, Grayson Rodriguez 
uh, goes out or gets injured for a month or two. Um, if if guys, if these five um, have IL stints that are two weeks or three weeks tops or something like that, I think the Orioles are in a great position um, to fill those holes. Um, and assuming they don't happen, multiple don't happen at the same time. I think the Orioles are in great position to sort of adapt to a situation like that um, and sort of sustain the the success of the starting pitching. Um, it's sort of where, okay, John Means is actually not reliable this year, so we just sort of X him out of the rotation. And then Grayson Rodriguez either gets hurt for a month or two or is out for a month or two. Um, and then has another month or something like that where he's sort of the first half Grayson Rodriguez instead of the second half Grayson Rodriguez. Um, now you can start to see sort of a situation where, okay, our three and our four starter isn't really where we expected and hoped that they would be. Um, and now, you know, we have to start considering other options. Um, but short of Corbin Burns hurting himself or Kyle Bradish hurting himself for an extended, extended period of time this upcoming year. Um, the Orioles are in a really, really great position to have an outstanding starting rotation. I am very, very hopeful that this rotation will crack the top five. Um, I think it um, it is uh, a real underestimate to say they'll be in the top 10 of the league. Um, I think that that would be a very, very safe prediction to make for the upcoming year. Um, but in terms of uh, the Orioles being the top five rotation, um, I think that is very much a conversation. And that might be if things go really, really well um, and, you know, we maintain health, all those guys through all those guys through 150, 170, 180 uh, or Burns, maybe close to 200 innings. I think we're now in the conversation at that point of having a top one, top two, top three rotation this upcoming year. And it's really, really exciting. And um, thinking about just this year, um, obviously Corbin Burns um, is a solution for this year. Um, maybe we'll resign him. I would say that's probably not likely to happen. Um, but it is possible. But Corbin Burns, um, having him this year, um, thinking about the possibility of uh, this rotation, thinking about the possibility of these guys, Povich and McDermott, a couple years down the road, um, and how we can integrate them potentially in the future into the starting rotation, um, holding down permanent spots in the rotation, plus the improvement and refining of Rodriguez and Bradish. Um, I mean, this, this rotation has the making of being a very, very good rotation for years to come, which is really, really exciting. And the fact that we are so good, I mean, we're talking about the Orioles potentially being a top five rotation and our number two and three starters um, are, you know, have pitched a couple years in the major leagues and they're going to be here for a long time, hopefully. So it's really, really exciting. Um, yeah, I would say that um, I would expect by the end of the year, hopefully that the Orioles crack the top five 
stretching. Hopefully we get into the top three starting rotations. Um, but conservative estimate, I would say, yeah, I mean, very, very conservative would say top 10 in the league, but I think even top seven, top eight, I think is very, very reasonable. And that's sort of in a, in a bad case scenario, I think, um, where, you know, means gets hurt and then, uh, Rodriguez has some sort of issues over the course of the year. Um, something like that would be a scenario, I think, where, uh, the Orioles could falter and and fall down a bit, but if guys stay healthy, if guys are really really um performing how we expect them to, they're playing with the confidence that they played with last year. We avoid all the injuries, and it's like a smooth sailing sort of year, sort of like it felt last year, but applied specifically to the starting rotation this year sky's the limit for this rotation and i'm really really excited and i think all oriole fans should be that'll wrap it up for this episode feel free to give us a rating a review um you can feel free to follow the show at the warehouse pod on twitter and on instagram if you want to reach out to the show feel free to email us at the warehouse pod at gmail.com um thank you so much everybody for listening uh this has been the warehouse podcast my name is jesse and go O's.